0: We've looked at AR and VR over several episodes. Very recently, alumni Sam Cole talked about his fitness VR service and his hopes that Apple's new Vision Pro mixed reality headset would give a huge boost to the industry. By some accounts, Apple has been working on this product for almost seven years. So what goes on behind the scenes? How does a company think about a new product? How do they position a new product against competitors and market it? At Business School, we teach marketing and product adoption. And today, to tell us whether Apple is following the theory or ripping it up, we have CJBS Marketing and Decision Sciences faculty, Vincent Mark. Hi, Vincent.
1: Hello, thank you Conrad for the introduction. So uh, uh very nice to see um, um all of you here. I'm looking at comment box. I mean, you really are from everywhere in the world. And uh some of them not necessarily in a kind of very friendly kind of time zone compared with the twelve PM here. So thank you very much for uh for for, for, for watching indeed. So yeah, mm-hmm. today as Conrad said, so um You know, uh, uh, we hope to um, use a a product as an example, a product that has not even yet been launched in the market, so to speak, uh, to be sold uh, in the market at large, as an example by which we talk about, let's say, uh, whether Apple, especially as one of the really top most brands in the world, whether whether they are doing things right in terms of uh, launching a new product, according to some of the existing most popular theory about what a new product may work. Now, so um, to start with, let me just uh, uh, go through some thoughts of mine, some introduction of what this is, by the way. I mean, so far, most of us really knows about this product. It's really for some promotional clip, clips. I mean, there are some pundits and some media people who have seen that at a at a developers conference in a, in June won by Apple. But otherwise, this is basically it. So uh, this is going to be Apple's Vision Pro is only going to be launched in the market by let's say early 2024 in the u.s and the rest say later so so this is actually a good time for us to do a bit bit of crystal ball uh uh uh, uh you know discussion on actually how do you think it will work if so okay so now first of all uh, uh this is not a completely uncontested market they are related products although vision pro would like to Sort of set yourself apart, saying that we are not this. So, for example, the most uh, uh, one of the most uh, uh, one-on-one, maybe recent one, maybe the MetaQuest series of of VR device that is often positioned as a gaming kind of thing and also a virtual reality kind of thing. And in the past, we have Google Glass, which we all know. I mean, even if you see the poll, if you have been. Uh, looking at the poll that uh, that, uh, that Conrad has launched uh, uh, on what you think, um, you can see that uh, Google Glass is a past example that didn't necessarily work. They have already stopped, in fact, so producing. So, uh, but these are just uh, related. So, um, in fact, actually, um, the 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 product so is the following. So, Conrad, could you move forward? Yeah. So, um, what I would try to do is to actually. Introduce the 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 product, or as we know about the product now, in terms of the four piece in marketing, because you see, if you want to launch a product or to bring a product to the market, you have to consider a few uh paradigms, a few you know attributes, or or a, a few what we call the marketing mix. Okay, these are the strategic tools that you can use to launch a product, and this is how uh, uh, marketing uh, uh, researchers might like to, you know, uh, conceptualize the whole process. So I think we, this is uh, quite familiar to to a lot of you. And in fact, uh, by the way, I mean four pieces is the core, and some surface uh, marketing people may like to extend it to let's say seven piece, I don't know whether you've heard of it. So um, product, price, place, and promotion. And let me just try to walk through uh, what. Apple's Vision Pro is in terms of all these four aspects. But um, in uh, I, mean, I mean, contrary to the order here, which is kind of like a common kind of order, let's start with actually promotion, because through the sort of promotion clip that uh, we are going to show you, you will get to have a good sense of exactly what this is. So uh, maybe Conrad, you can actually uh, start uh,
2: playing. When you put on Apple Vision Pro, you see your world and everything in it. Your favorite apps live right in front of you, but now they're in your space. This is VisionOS, Apple's first ever spatial operating system. It's familiar yet groundbreaking. You navigate with your eyes. Simply tap to select, flick to scroll, and use your voice to dictate. It's like magic.
0: So that was part of the uh, promotional video that Apple produced yeah. uh, to show, showcase what uh, some of the things that the new headset could do. And I think if I can add one more.
2: Pro is Apple's first ever 3D camera. Now you can capture photos and videos with remarkable depth and relive a memory as if you're right back in the exact moment. Hey
0: dad. That was a bit cringe, isn't it? (laughs)
1: Yeah, so, so uh, yeah, the hate hey that bitch was really like something that really got me, you know, you know, yeah. rather, like, <laughs> but um, anyway, thank you, Conrad. So I think yeah. you'll get a brief idea of what this is. So uh, let us go back to the slide for now. I
0: think. Yeah. And just a reminder, if people will have any questions, please put them in the chat or comments field and we'll take them as we go along.
1: So the the promotion bit, I think, uh, is basically for now for the consumers at large. You know, all that you know will be captured in this uh, clip. And if you go to YouTube, you have a longer one where they have several scenarios of usage followed by a description of the specs. So, uh, Conrad, I think you can move on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah, and this is the YouTube clip which are, yeah, nine minutes thing. So, and then afterwards, so therefore I can now uh, maybe uh, introduce more about the product. So, you know, as you can see in the clip, so what what the product is, uh, as as also like according to Apple, is that this is not virtual reality. This is what we call mixed reality. And, um, or in fact, what, what Apple call it is not even like any reality, but spatial computing. So computing in space in a kind of, kind of way and with 3d visuals sometimes and with 3d navigation as well and using apparently using eyes as well as the, what they call the haptic kind of control, you know, fingers and um, in the air and that sort of thing. And um, there is an adjustable immersiveness about it. So if you see it, some pictures, there photos, videos, etc., you can make it big or you can make it small and uh, you can be very, very immersive or you can really like, uh, uh, um, you know, like shrink it. And so that you can also see the other things around you in your current real environment, so to speak. Another thing that Apple has done is that they emphasize the productivity. So some of these clips, if you see it, the, the full one is about like work and how you can help work, how they how can you how you can help like online meetings, for example, and um, well, a little bit of entertainment like you know watching a movie so how wearing that can allow you to have this sort of really big screen experience as well if you sort of blow up the videos and also like the, the chip has, is, is so good that you know the resolution will be will be fine you know if even if you make it really big and compelling so to speak and also like i emphasize communications but you can emphasize less on what some other of these sort of gadgets like to emphasize like gaming now, there is a part of that clip actually that is on gaming, but it's almost like, you know, like the, the fifth scenarios of usage, that sort of thing. Not much about fitness. There is a little bit about navigation in the internet, but uh, it's all like as part of like how to use it for communications or work. So it's really like a little bit of less emphasis on some of these areas that are emphasized by some other like related, uh, not necessarily directly competing, Gadgets, especially those in virtual reality. And lastly, it is a mobile device. Now, being a mobile device, you need a, you need a battery. And there is a part in the clip, if you watch the full one, that said that the, the battery is good. But then, however, actually some of those uh, industry uh, are, are users who managed to try it out Sort of have some problems about the, the battery as well. So this is a slightly of a moot point, uh, as as far as I could sort of glance from the from the media. But so far on on this, so this is largely what the product is. So this is one aspect of what you can do in order to uh, make a new product. work. first of all to to design the product in a way that you hope you will work. And I'll talk. Uh, I'll go back to it later on in terms of how we can, you know, uh, uh, look at. You try to predict whether it will work, given all of these aspects. So let's move on to the next P, which is uh, price. Very simple, just one number. 3,000, well, I mean, let's forget about the, the lack of rounding up. 3,500 US dollars. Are you willing to show it out to get this thing? Well, I mean, uh, if you do, I would like to uh, uh, have you as a friend. Obviously, you really would be willing to do that good now uh, however the the price is actually considered to be uh, relatively high if you are if you allow me to say and also like suppo- for example if you compare it with like the the meta series of product quests, okay so the current one i think is about $1000 or so and they are going to launch a new one that will be uh, a much cheaper apparently next year, sometime this year and so uh this is really like a high 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 end definitely but of course apple is uh, high end as we know uh, but that high end is something that um, we may have to consider. Okay, and so the the, the next one is the next P, the final P in this sequence is the place. Now, what place means is how you sell your stuff, how you how you how you organize your supply chain or your marketing channel, as, as the marketing people would like to call it. So uh, in this case, I think we would expect that it would be sold uh, uh, primarily in Apple stores. Uh, that is actually, uh, as I uh, as I hope to convey later on in this discussion, actually that could be a very important point for the device uh, success. Uh, if so, and then also, of course, we may expect that you will be also be sold in other uh, uh, retailers as well, just like uh, um, you know other Apple products, mostly. So these are largely kind of like the the, the marketing mix. Uh, um, um, features that uh, Apple could be using as we can see now in um, Marketing uh, Vision Pro. Okay now let's see you know um, let, let's try to you know look at this from the lens of a framework that is actually that has a lot of vintage in marketing but it's still very much like a. a time owner, so to speak, uh, in terms of whether a product may success, may succeed or not, a new product may succeed or not. It's called the Rogers Five Fetters. It was first proposed by uh, um, a famous communication scholar called Everett Rogers. And um, this is really like a very handy set and very practical set of factors that you may consider if you want to launch a p- new product uh, regarding whether something will work or not, as you as, as you see it. And, um, and it is the question, the general remit of these five factors are what affects a new product's rate of diffusion, affects this rate of really going out in the market, spreading, getting spread. And there are five of them. One is relative advantage versus existing alternative, that is, you know and, and let's not consider it from the point of view of the gadget let's say if you want to use an app well how much relative advantage will this vision pro provide to you over and above the existing methods that you can use to access for example all your apps or do facetime or whatever by the way talking about facetime which is the kind of uh, online meeting thing for apple as you know uh, um, in this case you may wonder how you can do that kind of thing wearing a, a, a Google like that so apparently actually your face gets scanned by the the gadget at the beginning before usage. And the gadget will use the scanned result as a kind of like um, um, avatar for yourself uh, with AI all this development uh, to actually present you in, in the form of your avatar, which apparently is going to be very much like you. And um, and in your in your FaceTime meeting, so so uh, consider that. So you are actually meeting somebody online, and people could see your face, even expression, etc. And but actually, that is all AI and avatar. Okay. And do you do you think that is a relative advantage, and how much of a relative advantage that is versus assistant alternatives, for example, looking at the screen and you know talking. Now this is compatibility with assistant experiences. So I mean that is you have your daily life here. You know, just imagine from the point of view of a consumer. Okay, wearing that like in a in an indoor setting, by the way, all the clip is about indoor setting, not going outdoors, which is very much different from the Google Glass approach, if you remember that. So uh are, are compatibility is it is it compatible with your existing experience of um you know life in general? And the third one is complexity. So this is certainly state-of-the-art gadget, but um you know um. Um, is it too complex for you to use? Is it not complex enough? Well, actually, some people like a bit of you know tweaking uh, when it comes to gadget. It depends on the segment, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly one important point for something to work or not. And then the fourth one is trialability, that is whether you really can have a sort of limited experimentation opportunities for you to really trial and see whether it works for you before you commit. For example, which will be great and this will also help to facilitate the diffusion and finally observability which is about whether this will become the social thing you know if other people use it you can see that they use it and you can feel that people are using it and then maybe you would sort of urge you to also adopt it as well so all of these are factors that could really help a product raise of diffusion now let me just try to see um, 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 you know how, it, how, how all these five factors sort of like fare in terms of the, the four piece. Now, usually when people look at Roger's five factors, they really only analyze that in terms of the product bits, not the price, place and promotion. But I think in our case, we can be a little bit more casual and just see how this four piece that, people, uh, that Apple has used will be able to help to facilitate consumers' perception of the product in terms of all these five uh, aspects. Now, so uh, I, I leave this blank in this table intentionally because I don't want to impose any kind of conclusions. Okay, here, maybe you will have your own take on all of this discussion, but I feel that you know the whole point is if you run your own business, if you want to launch your own uh, uh, product, for example, you may like to put up something like this and see how each of the marketing means you are using will help you to make consumers, to persuade consumers in terms of these five factors. Now let's look at the products. Okay, so relative advantage, I have already talked about that. I mean, maybe the main relative advantage uh, part of it is other uh, other 3D visuals that you may be able to get, and also the fact that you can have a very immersive experience. That gets very flexible, you know. I mean, at at a, at at um at, at a click, almost literally of the finger, you can already like go back to reality. Compatibility. Well, wearing a goggle in the, wearing this gadget in the, in the, in a room and um. Is that really compatible with your usual life? But then on the other hand, Apple does make it very clear that you can actually switch back to real life very quickly. So capacity, I think I've already talked about it. Trialability, so uh, is it really that trialable? Uh, so maybe, and it really goes to the place bit that I will talk about very soon. Observability, so if you use it now, all the scenarios that Apple proposed in the clip seem to be like indoor, so that means unlike Google Glass, which actually has its own kind of risks, pros and cons about like sort of marketing like as an outdoor kind of thing. Uh, is it that observable? But again, you know, when I come to the place bit of this uh, of this uh, 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 short discussion, I may uh, uh, go further into that. So in terms of the price, 3500 okay, US dollars. Now, it doesn't look like a relative advantage, you think? Yeah, and uh, compatibility, does it really look like you pay $3,500 for I mean, it depends on the segment. I mean, by the way, all of this, uh, 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 if you want to dig into more depth, uh, you will have to consider what segment are we talking to, but let's not go into that for now, because after all, Apple, does have this tradition of trying to really hit the whole world, right? So therefore the whole health is a segment for them. So compatibility. So is it that compatible? Well uh, I think price doesn't quite affect the other the the complexity bits but maybe a little bit of trial but you can just you cannot just you know let's spend some money and buy it and then try it and if not return it, I mean it's a little bit like you wouldn't expect something like that. So also like the high price may also limit observability. Now place, the fact that Apple has its own store where the product can be placed together with all these iPhones and iPads, et cetera, may actually give it like a a good chance of um, showing that it is just it can be just used like any Apple products in a compatible you know like a daily life situation and it also could reassure consumers that I mean uh, it is just as easy to use as like sleek as uh, uh, to be used as uh, other Apple products okay and um, also like because they have their own stores trialability and observability may be facilitated by this place advantage now finally promotion so whether the clip actually Tells you that it has a lot of relative advantage of uh, in, with respect to others. Whether the clips are effective in that, uh, I will leave it up to you. And also, like whether the clip, the YouTube clip, and other marketing uh, operators will help you will convince you that it is compatible is also something. Uh, uh, I mean, I I'm not quite sure to be frank. Now. But I want to say uh, promotion could also enhance all this and it depends on how Apple really does further promotion after it is launched in the market at large. But I want to say one thing though, I mean, in terms of this, you know, promotion, um, you you know, in the past, uh, Apple of course was famous for uh, this really desolate presentation where Steve Jobs, you know, Bless him, uh, uh, would just you know hold ha, uh, hold his uh, iPhone and then look extremely cool. Now imagine Tim Cook standing there in front of a screen and start wearing that gadget, and would it look really as cool, you know, as a kind of promotional kind of thing? Uh, I I don't know, but what I want to say is that I I don't even want to uh, arrive at the conclusion for this. What I want to say is that if you want to launch your new product or if you want to look at your competitors' new product and try to you know make some guess about what you might do, do try to use this approach, I think this is a very helpful way for you to you know get your uh, head around you know what whatever is happening and to sort of tease out the different bits of the issues. So now um. Um, I think I have already got a few questions. Yes.
0: Yeah. So, thanks so much.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much, Vincent. And before we go to the questions, just a reminder if you have any questions, just put them in the comments field in either YouTube or LinkedIn and we'll uh, take them. Um, before we go to the questions, actually, we, did, we ran a short poll yeah. uh, just before this. So, asking you what you yeah. think. Um, would be the success of Apple's Vision Pro. And we can see here that most of you think it will be a success, but it won't be a huge iPhone type of success. It will be something like a watch where the product looks the same year on year. They may do a few tweaks. Maybe it looks different bands or colors, but not a huge success. Uh, 27% think that it will fizzle out after a few years, just like the iPod. Having said that, the iPod went for like 10 years. So that was a pretty good run. Uh, but it later, I think what happened was the iPod became a feature. right? It was quite obviously it was a feature, it wasn't a standalone product. And it got put into a bigger product platform, which was the phone. 20% think this is going to be the next iPhone moment. We're going to see a billion of these. I mean, that's what, uh, I think the iPhone is like hundreds of millions. And when you think about smartphones all around the world, it's several billion. And there's a small group who think this will flop. All right. So um, you can definitely think about this. As we talk through, um, you could also answer the next question, which is, After hearing Vincent, right, what do you think? And <laughs> we can see how, how that changes, right? So if you want, you can uh, take the QR code or you can uh, go on slido.com and key in the event code number 2142295. In the meantime, Vincent, we have a, a two questions on price. So Saswati asks, if Apple's a a high-class brand and they can show their pricing up front do you recommend showcasing the price when marketing a new product or does it really not matter and in the case of vision pro it's not nobody's going to get their hands on it for another at least six months but they come out and say this is the price
1: yeah that is um that is a uh, that is a very interesting question because um you know, I mean, a uh, high class brand actually. When you talk about high class brand, we may also talk about all these luxury brands, right? So, uh, and you ask, uh, uh the question is, uh, should we show the price enough front just perhaps as a way to really, you know, sort of stick their claim as if they are being high class? But I was thinking. All these luxury brands, they really seldom really show price upfront, right? I mean, even though you know an LV bag is extremely expensive, but you do not see them like listing the numbers upfront, like as a as a as, let's say the new flagship product, for example. So perhaps the practitioners would think that this may not be a, a good thing to do. What I would think is that uh, what does a price do? A price actually makes you friend of money. Okay, so if you want to uh, market your product as a high-class brand. As a brand that really conveys high value, high quality, you actually don't want people to think of anything like money. I mean, you want to think people to think of, you know, all these really more high level like uh, values about usage, life transformation, and uh, you know, um, and also being cool and that sort of thing, and not exactly like your your ability to really like pay a lot of pro- uh, money. So. Perhaps uh, it it really uh, is not something that uh, practitioners might consider easily doing in terms of marketing a new product. I don't think it is something that would really help market a high class brand. I I my 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 take on this is the following. Now, however, in the case of Apple, they really have to give out the price point, so therefore they did that. I do not see that they are really like making a huge fuss about it. And I think um, this is also slightly controversial among the pundits as well. You know, I mean, yeah, okay, Apple is is high class, but I mean, this is it so high class that you can just kind of like charge you thousand five hundred for this cutting edge gadget with really great specification. I mean, if you look at the latter part of this uh, of the clip, it's is really quite state of the art. So that's my take on your question. But thank you very much indeed. This is a very nice uh, 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 issue to think about. Yeah, by the way, uh, before going to the next one, I just want to say uh, Connor was very right that um, I mean, saying that you will fizzle, after f- fizzle out after a few years like the iPod as on the pro Well, the iPod didn't exactly fizzle out, but get sort of like absorbed into the next generation of success, so to speak, the iPhone. So, uh, but indeed, you know, it was like, uh, it, it was like more like uh, um, in hindsight, but not necessarily during that time, in hindsight, it was something that, move on to become part of something even more like a uh, uh, phenomenal. So, so Conrad made a very good point. Thank you. So anyway, so uh, uh, this one, maybe Conrad, yeah.
0: Yeah. So this is another question about pricing. So someone on LinkedIn asked, um, what is the driver? I think it's two questions. What, why do we quote prices like a non round number three, four, nine, nine and not 3,500, especially since it's a premium product? And I think the next question is more about what is pricing strategy like? Do you are you looking at input costs, things like product and advertising costs? Or is there other factors when you think about pricing a product? Hmm.
1: Okay, uh, very good point. So the first one is, um, you know, um, there is this number nine in fact that i think you all uh, must have experienced uh, you know uh, even when going to a supermarket okay and has been researched like rather expensive extensively in, in marketing uh consumer behavior research now i think uh this is a very good question i mean come on they are already selling it at such a high price do we really need to do the 499 thing uh i i don't know. I mean, I would doubt it, actually. So uh, if you look at the pricing of, let's say, even the quest, for example, the meta quest, I'm not sure they do this kind of thing. So um, is it really necessary? Well, um, maybe this would be useful on the margin for people who really uh, have the final doubt as to, you know, I, I kind of like really like on the margin as to, you know, should I really do this or should I not? But I think the, the number nine in fact in this case probably is much less important than as you say you know a more non-premium product where you want to mass sell but on the other hand you may think that apple already has its eyes on the mass selling aspect of it they might be actually betting on the fact that despite being that expensive it would become something like a you know mass selling product in which case, maybe you can have uh, this and somehow this becomes a new reasonable price point. then you know, it's OK. So what I mean is that uh, uh, whether whether something is premium is something of a fluid sort of concept. Maybe Apple is thinking that, well, uh, it is not going to be that premium after all. In which case, a uh, number nine effect may help on the price. Now, uh, second, how much of the product price is driven by promotion versus price and strategy? Um I have a feeling that actually for for the case of practitioners, actually, um, they, um, they would certainly incorporate the promotion in their pricing strategy. What I mean is that promotion is kind of like a, a front face cost to launch a product, right? So therefore... You know, if you want to actually figure out whether something is going to turn a profit for you, then you would certainly uh, incorporate that in terms of the pricing. So I don't think it's a matter of versus. It's a matter of like incorporation. So I think uh, if if I have to answer this question, like without regarding that versus bit, I think. Promotion is definitely the the promotion cost is definitely part of the pricing strategy, but I think in the case of Apple, I feel that actually the R and D cost is probably going to be much, much, much more uh, important in the in determining the price than the promotion cost. I mean, of course, this is all very sleek, all the you know YouTube and uh, the clips and stuff, but I think the R and D cost. Look at the specs and also what they have to go through in order to get that product out to to have all this really like competitive quality for such a product, I think the R&D cost is going to be, uh, must have been much more of a factor there. And, and I mean, um, I haven't even touched on like the marginal cost, which is like, you know, all this cost about like manufacturing the products with all the, all, all the, uh, all, all the um, um, OEMs around the world. Uh, but I think uh, the main part will be the R&Ds. So, but I think to, to, to give a short answer to this question, I think I, It sort of prompts me to talk about the whole idea of what does it mean by pricing strategy. But then to give a short answer, it's like it's driven by promotion as part of the pricing strategy rather than versus. So that would be my answer. Yeah, Uh, thank you.
0: Yeah. Right. And just a reminder, if you can go down uh, to Slido and put your views, uh, especially after you've heard uh, Vincent talk about the four P's and the five factors. We've got the next question from Tim. And yep. Tim's question is a lot more about, actually, this is, is this a standalone product? Or actually, is this part of a larger uh, ecosystem right? yep. of different products, uh, different consumers as well? Right? And maybe that's maybe the reason why this, could, you know, one of the big uh, comparative strengths of platforms like, or companies like Apple, where they have this ecosystem. Uh, Vincent, how do you think something like this mixed reality headset would play within a tech ecosystem?
1: So, uh, yeah, thank thank you, and thank you, Tim, for this uh, uh, very perceptive question as well. So, um, if you... I mean, all that we can know, we, we know as consumers about Vision Pro is basically from those uh promotional videos. I think mean, at one point they say that it can be connected to your uh, um, um MacBook very sort of readily. And uh, you know, you just look at it basically, you just look at your mapbook and that's it, so you you can connect it too. So I feel that um um, in some cases, sometimes the uh, uh, manufacturers may try to sort of like uh, 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 use this sort of um, 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 base and hope strategy, where you you know if you are already an Apple customer, then um, you really have to get this this Vision Pro in order to operate some of this stuff uh, really efficiently. Uh, but however, there is also a risk there. I mean, um, it's like um, if you are going to do that, some people may just completely ditch the whole the, the whole set of uh, product, if they feel that this is expensive and they seem to be like sort of held, uh, uh, held hostage, so to speak, by this company, especially at a high, high price point. Now, uh, I feel that what Apple may do is to say that vision Pro can help you integrate yourself with this ecosystem better. But it's not like in a way such that you cannot live without Vision Pro in order to um, uh, 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 work in this ecosystem. So, and as for whether whether there is any relative advantage in that, I feel that uh, I mean at least from what I can see, um, if you can continue to use App Store and iCloud like before, then um, the whole point of having Vision Pro is that uh, while you are watching a video like in a in a kind of immersive experience, you can suddenly. At your own will, sort of switch to operating the app, or for example, uh, you can have all the apps, you know, all the all the icons floating in the air in front of you in the middle of your room, like in that mixed reality background and it sounds fun. Uh, I, yeah, that's all I can see. So therefore, I think I'm um, I'm um, um, so far uh, I do not see uh, uh, Apple trying to do much about using this advantage, and I feel that they will have to think of very interesting interesting way to make use of that in a way that wouldn't have pushed back from the customers, if you know what I mean, especially considering the price points. Yeah. But thank you, Tim. This is a good question again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we have, I think, two questions which are looking at asking you to, Vincent, to look at the road ahead. I mean this is a new product and obviously you someone like so- Apple where they're a trillion, almost a you know, trillion-dollar company. They want to sell loads of things and they want to have a long roadmap. So Muhammad Hamza asks, how do you see the technology adoption curve for such products? And I think a kind of related question is from one of our recent alums, Taylor. Yeah. Taylor okay. asks, Apple is an established brand with loyal customers and a large R&D budget. This may not necessarily be a product being sold in market for revenue generation at this point in time. So the, she thinks that the product strategy could be an alternative to how we think about the product marketing mix, in that they're trying to get this to market, to price test, capture user feedback, find user ca- use cases that are useful to invest in moving forward. Um, and like she actually has a question, it's a bit too long, to be displayed, but sh- her question is, Vincent, uh, how might you think about the product strategy? Could how could that influence what is important or not when it comes to thinking about the product marketing? So, what is that interplay between product strategy and product marketing?
1: Okay, so thank uh, uh, thank you, Conrad, uh, for 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 reading this out, and also thank you, Mohammed and Taylor, for these questions as well. So I think both of them indeed are, are related. These are about, like, you know, could this be just part of a, of a long game, so to speak? OK, so um I mean, um, in terms of new product pricing, actually, uh this, these two questions are very, very useful for me to talk about in terms of uh, a new product pricing. There is this, uh, um, you know, um, um sort of dual, uh, duality of kind of pricing strategies. One is the penetration pricing strategy. That is, you really price it cheap in order to get as many customers installed customer space as possible to exploit the network effect. The other one is probably what Apple is trying to do, which is what we call the steam pricing. I feel that uh, the $3,500 probably is there to attract the, the 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 people who really want to use cutting edge gadgets and who just want to try it out and just try to, you know, probably some of them will be KOLs and some 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 of them will really be able to spread the word if they think it's good and also uh, Apple actually can, I think some of you have uh, already hinted at that, actually, Apple, Apple has a fan community and a fan community, what they do is like they really would be able to go to the ends of the world in order to spread the gospel so uh, hopefully this will be part of that gospel and then in which case this is a kind of skin pricing strategy where they attract the most staunch believers and those people who really would like to try out and who probably would be willing to embrace this sort of thing more than the common talk, so to speak. And then uh, they want to capture the bus. They want to you know, it creates a sense of, um, you know, or in the, in, in the part of the community that really creates opinion. And hopefully from that point on, what they do next is probably to cut the price, to reduce the price and to release new versions that are more like common consumer friendly in terms of, uh, let's say for example, price points as well. This is possible. And this may be what, for some quest is already doing uh, for good or for bad. And um, this may be something that is going on. But however, we wouldn't quite know because, um, you know, I think uh, you have also already mentioned maybe it would just, you know, be dead in water. You know, it it just doesn't quite work. And maybe also it is also a way for Apple to buy some time to see whether this approach may work. This sort of experiences have any market at all. So, yeah, I think all of this is quite possible. And I think what the lessons learned from here is that um, Uh, uh, okay, so uh, is this something that is like a game that is only exclusive for companies like Apple, okay? Or uh, can you do it if you are just a new startup and trying to really launch something very cutting edge? Well, I think um, this is um, foot of thought. Uh, um, Yeah, I think that is what I would say here.
0: Yeah, and it just reminds me, um, Vincent, that when the iPhone first came out, you know, Apple thought, or Steve Jobs positioned it as, you know, you can watch video in, big better than ever before in a mobile environment. It's, to, it's, it's great for making phone calls. I think that was one of the things that was in the keynote, great for making phone calls and great for looking on the web. And nobody could have guessed at that point that the big thing would, that would really uh, boost the smartphone market would be social media, navigation with maps uh, and later on 4G so that you could get things like services like Uber. So I think that going back to what Taylor was saying, that maybe this is part of it, is to go out and see what is that killer app that would really drive adoption.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. In fact, you know, a lot of these new product successes are completely accidental, you know, you can say, and also completely like against what's the the the, the, the manufacturer thought it would be. And so therefore, you know, if you are thinking of those things, uh, maybe, you know, uh, don't try to think too hard. Just try to take the plunge and see whether you go bankrupt or become a billionaire overnight. Sorry about that, this is a joke. So uh, anyway, so uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, so we've got a question from uh, Carl, who is uh, an EMBA alum. And Carl asks, how can some products break the rules on promotion, You know, where you've got great products built with little or no advertising?
1: Yeah, thank you, Carl. So. Um, uh, actually, the other day I was um, I was uh, I was at uh, at a seminar by uh, by an MBA uh, uh, um, alum who worked with um, Xiaomi, the Chinese brand, and talk about how they how they try to expand uh, in uh, in the Indian market back some years ago. And um, so one of the things was like this, uh, zero advertising budget. Okay, so how does it work? So uh, I think. Um, I think there is one thing about promotion that I think I should have emphasized more. The best way to promote your product is not to advertise, but to do it through word of mouth. So and also all that it entails. That is, don't don't promote the product yourself. Try to get other people to promote the product for you and other people who are not related to you. That is, they 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 don't have a skin in the game and people would trust them. So actually, you know, um the 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 there is this slightly mythic sort of uh, 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 thing about what is the one central market research question you should ask in a survey if if people don't have more time for you is about how likely is it that the consumer will recommend your product to other people so recommendation word of mouth is very important and doing those things may cost you very little if you do them well i mean run an event where you just meet with some of your fans very, very casually. For example, you can even post such an event on Facebook and then people will gather. Or just try to work on your social media in ways it's not like you know like 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 very much like uh, um hard pushing but just try to you know much people to talk about you and it doesn't really even need to be about like paying kols you know lots of money to to feature your product and there can be many ways to do it especially in the age of social media and in the age of seo by the way as well so therefore uh uh, uh it's not about breaking the rules of promotion per se i guess it's about the fact that um the, the contemporary world, the world of social media really manage, uh, allow you and facilitate promotion at a much lower budget and in much more inventive and way with more channels than perhaps in the past. So I think uh, that is like uh, um, it's not that these companies have become much more smart. Well, they definitely are very smart, but also the world has become much more different to to allow this sort of things to happen.
0: Mm. We have time, I think, for one last question. So this is from Aaron. Aaron asks, how did consumer adoption of you know, things like Oculus influence Apple's decision to launch a product like Vision Pro? And I just want to show actually a, a comment from Christoph Grundig, who feels that you know Oculus is very much for gaming, whereas Apple is trying to uh, create hardware for this real for the you know where you can use in the real world and not be so cut off. Um, what what's your take uh, Vincent?
1: so so thank you, uh, Aaron and Christoph. Uh, so again, the questions are related. so that is um Apple, I mean, I think also also you just mentioned that you know anything that has been launched in this kind of big area provides a lesson learned for whatever comes afterwards. So Apple obviously seems to have learned from all the meta initiatives that is you know. uh uh, gaming probably may not be a way to go and also they want to differentiate themselves so therefore they try to steer away from that and say that this is not about gaming this is not even about virtual reality, but it is about, like say, you know, a a mixed reality. So this is like one way of differentiation and they even call it, as I say, spatial computing. They even avoid the word reality. So they want to steer away. So that is a very well taken point. And then secondly, uh, as Pritzov said, uh, 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 after Aaron, so that is, um, you know, that may be a way for Apple to create its own sort of market types of markets that it has a first uh, sort of entry to. And that is distinctive, hopefully, in consumers' perception, by the way, from the Oculus or from the Quest sort of uh, uh, environment. So that's, that's, that's very good. So that is, uh, these are competitors who try to differentiate from each other, even though they are largely developing in the same board field. So uh, mm-hmm. this is uh, one way of them trying not to be too the sort of like cutthroat, so to speak. Yeah.
0: And I think um, Apple famously never tries to be the first one into a market. They look at, see how it, it shakes out, and then they think about how they can enter that market. So that, I wanted to go back to this uh, question or this poll, where, which I put up just after uh, midway through the live stream. So if you remember, most people thought it was going to be uh, like an Apple Watch, kind of success there were a few people who thought it would be more like an iPod and there were some people who even thought it would be a flop or an iPhone type of success so now after all of that uh, these are the results so after your talk Vincent I think more people there's more convergence into thinking that it's not quite going to be a a home run like the iPhone not going to be a flop but it's going to be Somewhere in between, uh, Vincent. I got to ask you. So, where do you think it's going to land? How would you vote?
1: I would actually think of the second one because uh, because iPod, as we discussed, didn't necessarily fizzle out. It sort of morphed into something else. I think you know the the the. this this trend is going to continue. Something like that is going to continue. And then there will be new generations of product coming up that is built on earlier success or not. And um, so therefore, this may be something that will quote unquote fizzle out and become something else and be absorbed into something else after a few years. And hopefully we'll be living in a world soon where we will be wearing things and then, you know, control our app when they are part of the reality, but in a way that, uh, that, that that we may not be able to predict even now. That's what I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Vincent, for showing us the theory and how Apple is following some of it or maybe doing it their own way. Yes. Um, the balance sheet is taking a summer break. And I want to thank all of you, the viewers who have followed the, the series this season. In the past year, we've had more than 30 episodes looking at topics such as AI, leadership, healthcare, and HR. Uh, And if if you're on summer holidays, go to our playlist and you can catch up on all of these episodes. It's been great seeing the audience, you, engage with our guests, but also making connections with one another. We'll be back in the second half of September with another full program of content. Till then, stay safe, and we'll see you then.